Hi everyone, my name is Laura and I'm a food and eating addict. I'm grateful to be speaking at the meeting tonight. I spoke on this meeting about two and a half, three weeks ago um, and got contacted to fill in for someone else who was supposed to speak tonight. So I hope I'm, I don't bore people who were, heard my story about two and a half weeks ago. Anyway, um, before I get into my story, I want to let you all know that I have multiple brain injuries and that at times I can't find my words or I'm slow to speak while I'm trying to pull my thoughts together or I say um a lot or it's a combination of all three of those. I sometimes lose track of why I'm saying what I'm saying as well. So I will do my best. Um, When it comes to my relationship with food, it's been dysfunctional since I was two. Um, First memory of my life is of someone trying to take food away from me when I was that age and getting upset about it. So that tells me that even at the young age, I was picking up on some not rightness within my family. Um, at that point, I had an older brother, um, and then it was my parents. Along, after a while, uh, along came a younger sister. Um, I would say that the environment that I grew up in was one of abuse, neglect, cruelty, betrayal, and abandonment, ultimately. Um, Which basically started me off on a foot in my life of not feeling very safe. A lack of safety has always a feeling of lack of safety and an actual lack of safety as well have have really been primary in my life. Um, I was always a chubby child and was overweight all through elementary, junior high, middle school, high school. I just always was. Um, I was a cross the line into obesity somewhere at a pretty early age with all that and faced the sadly normal cruelty of my peers um, in regards to my weight and how I looked and jokes and put downs and being treated as a pariah and all that kind of thing. Um, Sadder still is that I received a lot of that at home, too, from my mother. And she was just a very sick woman. She just was very mentally 
disturbed and distraught. And the dynamics in our family basically was that we were five people living in a in a house, each of us trying to survive. And so there was no real bonding between me and my siblings um, that was lasting. And when there was some sort of bonding, it was mostly between my younger sister and my older brother. And I sort of felt like the one left out. So I suspect that each of them would say that about themselves as well. Um, my father was a minister, which meant we were pretty high profile in the towns where he pastored. And I think my mother held a special hatred for me because I walked around being the poster child for the dysfunction in our family. I mean, I wore it. I carried it literally in the form of weight all over me. And uh, my brother and sister were both very thin. And um, during my college years, I lost weight and then would gain it back, lose weight, gain it back, lose weight, gain it back. And I really, I think I tried dieting in high school too. I just don't have much of a memory of that. And I pretty quickly became full of hopelessness and self-loathing because diets never worked for me. They would only work for so long. And I guess I had a mindset that if I'm on a diet, I get to go off of it. But I really think it was much more of a slippery slip than that. I just incorporated poor eating habits back into what I ate. Um, Plus, when I was living in my parents' house, I ate what was fixed um, growing up. I ended up in a large city for my senior year in high school in another state from the state I grew up in. And I just hated it that my senior year being down here. And um, went back to my state of growing up for college. And then ended up coming back here to house it for my parents and my father took a sabbatical in England for six months. And that all turned out to be very much God's hand because the the city where I live is kind of known for its recovery. Um, And that was a very huge blessing for me. And the job that I got um, out of college, which I didn't really want, but was easy for me to do because it was social work, and I've been pretty much being a social worker for everybody in my family for years, um, led me to have a housemate who eventually got into recovery, and that's how I first got into recovery in my late 20s. Um, Well, actually, I was probably 30 when I first got into recovery. I had a period of time where when my parents were back from the sabbatical that I was still living with them until I could 
afford a place of my own. And I bought a car for myself, which is a perfectly normal thing for someone in their mid-20s to do when they have a salary that can afford it, you know, sign of independence. I want my own car. I want to be reliant on my parents. And my mother did not handle it well at all. Um, She was very disdainful, bitter, rageful, rageful, rageful narcissist. And basically I had done something without her being involved or her approval or anything. And, you know, the night I came home with the car, she just sort of lost, lost it. Um, And I went to bed that night. And I guess I have to back up and say, probably for the two years before that, I slowly was noticing that I was getting colder and colder on the inside and that it was creeping up my body internally, which may sound weird, but was the sensation that I had. And I realized now that I was just cutting my mind off from the rest of my body and I was a complete stranger to myself. Um, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. None of those parts of me communicated anymore. And I decided I would kill myself that night and bed to do that and said a prayer. I had always grown up believing in God. And I made a deal with him. And that was as if he got me through the night, I would get help the next morning. And I did make it through that night, and I did get help the next morning. And I got went into another recovery program before I got into OA in conjunction with professional help. And my professional helper said, you know, we're not going to be able to go much further in uncovering what's underneath everything until you until you lose some weight. And I reluctantly started dragging myself to the parking lot of the OA meeting and main OA meeting place in town. It took me two or three times to actually get up the courage to go into the meeting. And I went in late. And I left early, and I just did that until I felt like I could show up on time and say hello, but I could still leave early, and it was just a gradual process for me when I first started coming to meetings. Um, I was just so angry and defiant about going into those meetings, and um, I just had this addict, rebel attitude of no one's going to tell me what to eat, when to eat, what to eat, and how to eat. And um, it took me a good six months to get loose 
from some of that anger and start really paying attention to the stories that I was hearing <clears throat> and starting to connect with what I was hearing. People's the details of their stories were different, but the general overall lack of control and feelings of worthlessness about food came through those stories and I could connect with them. When I first got to OA, I wasn't sure I wanted to lose weight. I just wanted to stop hating myself. And so that's sort of the mindset that I had going into it. And I got my first abstinence after six months in the program. And my food plan and abstinence has changed over the years. Um, My top weight in the program was 400 pounds or a little over. Um, I've lost 260 to 265 pounds. I lost that in the first three years or so in the program, the majority of it. I'd say I've lost more in the last couple of years. Um, And it really became a journey for me of learning to live in my skin. In order for me to stop trying to escape myself with food and eating. You know, I had to find a way to live in my skin in order to find a way to live in my skin. I had to let go of the the eating and the food. And that's why I think OA was such a good is such a good fit for me because I've had such a desire to quit living in the fogginess and the loneliness and isolation of my addiction. And I've got several addictions. Um, And through working the OA program, which means for me, every aspect of the program, sponsoring, being a sponsee, service work is huge. Meetings are the hugest. I really believe that meeting makers make it. Um, Working the steps over and over is really important to me and for me. Um, Becoming a real student of um, the AA Big Book is or has been vital to my recovery because it always is a revelation. Whenever I read it again or read parts of it again, I read something I've forgotten or I read something and finally sort of get it. Um, And um, using the tools of the program, especially writing, Um, the fellowship that I had going to -to face-to-face meetings. Five five minutes left. Thank you. Um, All of it has been vital to me. Um, However, the most vital part of the program for me has been my relationship with my higher power and building that and building on that and building on that imperfectly as I go. Um, and still today it is the most important thing. 
um, in order for me to not return to my addictive, compulsive behaviors and substances, I have to be continually willing to learn to live within my skin and relying more and more on my higher power and less and less on the notion that I have control of anything in my life except myself and sometimes not even then. Um, I'm just powerless over anything outside of me. And that's been a very hard lesson for a control freak like me to learn because it was mighty important to me and still is to feel safe. And I'm learning more than ever now that feel safe, it means relying more on the God of my understanding than it does relying on myself. Um, I did not jump right in and do the steps at first. That just wasn't my experience in the program, and I think that's fine. I shy away from saying I'm recovered because if I would say that, it would only be for a 24-hour period and based on my spiritual condition anyway. So I tend to stick with just being recovering. And I can't thank my higher power enough through all the crap that went on in my life and still goes on, but that he got, he led me through it and got me into recovery and provided a 12-step program. Um, that's not focused on religion, but on spirituality to help me continue to live my life. And right now, the last thing I'll say is right now, um, I'm experiencing a lot of change in my life and I'm realizing on a very deep level that moving forward sometimes means stepping away from people that are very important. Um, so that I can go forward for me and with love for me instead of in fear for me. And that's it. Thanks for letting me share. Very grateful for all of you.